0: Hello, this is Laura Camacho, the Communication Coach at Mixonian Institute, and welcome to the Speak Up podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. I'm super excited. Miss Allison Henderson from Chicago, and she is the body language expert of the experts. She knows so much about body language. She did a 30-day video challenge and i don't know if you saw it on linkedin or you should look it up on her youtube but she is the alpha and the omega of body language Allison, thank you thank you so much uh welcome to this podcast tell us a little bit about yourself
1: oh well thank you for having me yes i do hail from uh chicago and uh the 30 day body language challenge was somewhat inspired by a lot of the videos that you uh, put out there yourself and um, people will probably be like, wow, you haven't posted anything since <laughs> uh, because it was, uh, it was as much a challenge for me as I think it was for the people watching just to constantly uh, create or um, post the content every day because I don't have one of those fancy service things or something, or I don't have a VA that just posts it for me. I'm really doing it all myself. And uh, I think it, it wasn't even so much coming up with the content or recording the content. It was the editing and putting in the the subtitles and all of that stuff that you end up taking yes. so much more of your time and uh and making sure that you were really prepared every day to try to post it somewhat at the regular same time you know i <laughs> i had to kind of let a little bit of that um that type a personality go on some of that kind of thing it's like okay it's good enough right uh, or oh, if, yes if the uh, if the subtitles for some reason weren't showing up and like, okay i've done this two times i don't know why they're not showing up i'm just gonna post it anyway you know some of that kind of thing
0: wow yeah it's a lot of work behind the scenes <laughs> and uh yeah i i did a third i also had to let go i, I did a, started a 30-day Uh, getting to yes challenge on April 1st that was supposed to go through you know the 30 days of April right well day 30 was sometime in the first week of June so (laughs) I I did not make it to to the everyday so uh, how did you get into the body language business Allison
1: uh, similar to many body language experts that are out there, I started my career in the theater and I have my, my undergrad and my graduate degrees are uh, both in theater. My graduate degree is in directing and uh, dramaturgy, so more of the behind-the-scenes side. And so as a director, I'm very interested in the whole actor and how, to, how do their bodies convey character. And I love to train actors and you know and do that. I don't do as much of it as that I probably like to, but someday there maybe more of that will be happening. And uh as with other theater professionals, you have to have the day job to support your theater habit. And I was noticing more drama really in my office than I was on my stage. And that <laughs> kind of, you know, that sort of gave me pause. It's like, man, if I could just capture this turmoil, or this, uh, you know, that, that was happening. And a lot of it was behind the scenes, and, a, and so much of it was based on just miscommunication uh, between individuals. That I was like, there's got to be a way to help this. There's got to be something I can do. And my uh, movement training as, as a theater professional, there is this scientifically based. Um, movement study called movement pattern analysis. And I went and became certified in that modality because it was really important to me if I was going to use body language as my way into helping people communicate better, that I was trained in something that has uh, scientific research behind it. And so on my website, there are the different various studies uh, that have been done by uh, like Harvard and, and other big institutions, looking at the validity of body language as, uh, can we really come up with the same uh, data, observer to observer, and we and then there's a lot of uh, reliability studies and things, because movement pattern analysis is really an observation technique where we look at uh, your Uh, habits as a mover and we translate it into your decision-making process because how we think is actually exhibited in the body kind of like neuroscience meets body language and each person has their own movement signature and this is why we recognize somebody coming down the street or we recognize them in a busy airport because there's a way that you move you go out and then you know them really well that's you know we see them and we we recognize them so our family members our close friends and this is the uh, basis of what I do when it comes to one-on-one work with clients is developing that, like, movement signature. How do you move and how do you communicate so that you can understand when you need to change your communication style for others based on their needs? Because your needs or how you communicate isn't necessarily the way your subordinates need to hear from you. Or if you're, um, trying to persuade a large, uh, room of people or something, you know, there may be pieces in your natural conversation piece that you leave out because it's just not where your brain tends to go. And so you need to make sure that you put those pieces back in to persuade everybody in the room or to get everybody behind you. And that, you know, ties, ties into this executive presence that we're going to talk about, right? That intangible thing that is, that some people seem to have and some people, uh, you feel like have it really naturally. And so I'm looking at bringing that natural out in everybody so that everybody has that feeling that, oh, they're such a natural communicator. Uh, and because it can be something that is learned if we pay attention to it.
0: Wow, Allison, that was amazing. I learned so much in two minutes of listening to you. I didn't had never heard of movement pattern analysis, but it's so true that we all have a movement signature. I never thought about that, but I can just recognize the footsteps of different people in my family not and they're all adults, so it's not like the pitter patter of a little two year old but uh that's fascinating and i yeah I, there is a lot of research about and we know that the mind talks to the body and the body talks to the Mind, of course, you put it a lot more eloquently than that, but wow, that's so interesting. Well, you, like you said, uh, an executive presence is this intangible quality. And the first, I, I'm kind of new to teaching that. It, I taught it for the first time last year to a group of C suite executives, and I was so surprised that they had requested it because I thought. I mean, these were the top level of a major airlines, and I thought they would already have that down. (laughs) I was just shocked that they didn't. So what, how would you define executive presence and why do you, you know, in your work, how do you see its importance?
1: Well, in my work, I really look at executive presence as the signals that people are sending. Uh, it's a blend of that first impression, and it really comes down to congruency for me. I'm really looking for a match between the individual's verbal and their nonverbal uh, content, because when that is, to, is matching, when what we say and how we say it are in sync, we're really powerful and we're really impactful because then we are 10 times more believable. What I see a, happening a lot with our executives these days is this disconnect between the body and their words. And it's been uh, kind of troubling me in a sense of, why don't we spend more time working on um, body language or nonverbal behavior subconscious behavior whatever you want to call it it's not taught we don't we don't study it and yet we know from the research that's been done that it's at least 70% of our communication comes through the body's nonverbal if not more depending on who you talk to i usually go right. around 70 to 75% because that seems realistic to me that's mm-hmm. uh, versus that 90 you know percent kind of things and I think I finally, and this is great that we're talking today, because if we had talked a week ago, I wouldn't have had this new revelation, is that our bodies naturally support our words when it is authentic to us. If it's how we would say it, our body language tends to naturally go with what we say. And I think that's why it hasn't been studied, because up until... Now, we kind of could speak our truth, or we could just be ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we have become so concerned with political correctness and branding and executive skills and uh, messaging that I think we have gotten farther away from our true, authentic, consciousness how we really communicate and so we haven't necessarily needed to worry about the nonverbal up until now because it sort of naturally happened right but we've kind of gone away from that and so now executives they do have a problem with with matching and the the thing that happens is, is your audience believes your body more than they believe the words that come out
0: Absolutely. Of your all the time
1: All the time. You know, a really great example, you know, it it is a very frustrated mother with, you know, with their children who says, you know, everything is fine. Well, (laughs) you know, you know that everything is not fine, right? If she would just speak her truth and say, you're really frustrating me right now. Could you, everybody, we need to take five minutes. Everybody go to your rooms. We're going to, you know, we're going to come back to this. We're going to calm down and we're going to come back to this. But instead, like we we think that we're not allowed to have those moments or whatever it is. And so there's that that disconnect that that is happening. And so the um, confident and visionary leadership training that I do, now I'm starting to kind of rethink it just a little bit to get really back to this authenticity place of how how do you represent the company? That's mm-hmm. why founders and, uh, and entrepreneurs, you know, they seem to be so fantastic at speaking and they can get the room rallied up because it's their auth- it's their product. It is right. their words. it is their messaging. So everything is, is working and it's great. And then they hire a sales team and suddenly they're like, what happened? Well, the sales team is trying to use their words and their language. and They haven't figured out how it works for them individually. And that's kind of the whole imposter syndrome and all of right. this stuff that now we're talking about, right? That we're acting right. like a, we're trying to fake it till you make it. And I used to support that, cause I, you know, hey, I come from acting, right? Like, you know, right. put it on, right? You know, <laughs> create a character for yourself to go out there and do your networking, if you have to. You know, if you have to put right. on your networking networking hat and be your networking person to get through that, or if you have to put on your salesperson personality in order to get through the sales conversation because it's difficult for you. I kind of was a proponent of all that. And now I'm suddenly going, Hmm, maybe <laughs> that's yes. not so true. Because people know fake, they mm-hmm. see it and whether they can put their finger on it and say, right. you know, they're, they're not sitting there going, Oh, well, their nonverbal behavior isn't catching <laughs> the verbal content. You know, They're not, no. thinking, not thinking that, but in their gut, which is what our nonverbal communication comes through our limbic brain, that reptilian brain, which is this gut reaction that we have. Our gut is saying something's not quite right. Exactly. I don't quite believe you. I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what it is, but I'm not going to buy from you. Right. There's something odd or there's something off or, and so now I'm sort of on this new tangent that's going to start coming out in probably everything that I write is, uh, and And the way that I even do my lunch and learns or my talks and everything is getting back to this authenticity and how do you say it for you? Right. The nonverbal kind of takes care of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we'll still work on your first impression because that's the biggest thing, right? Your posture, Mm -hmm. I I, I can't believe how many people and executives That I watch on YouTube and they're giving these keynote speeches and their posture is still really sunk like in the Mm -hmm. like their shoulders are kind of rounded and they're standing straight, but The confidence doesn't come through because their posture is kind of rounded and it's, it's a lot of our uh, phone use and all of this kind of thing has kind of rounded our shoulders and we have to be a little Mindful of really having really great. Yes, posture. but that's what the number one thing somebody can do to look more executive Yes, the posture just stand up stand straight up straight <laughs> just the posture whether you're sitting or standing people tend to let it go and they, they You know when they're sitting mm-hmm. in a meeting, but I tell young entrepreneurs and uh, new graduates or new managers, if you wanna be the boss, you have to act like one because people perceive you then as the boss and you need to take up a little bit more space uh, in the room because typically the executives take up a little bit more space whether it's at the table and they spread out their papers or they're standing up in front of the room and they have the clicker in their hand and they're going through a PowerPoint presentation so they're taking up space but uh, I also call it putting air in your pits like when you stand up (laughs) straight yeah release your elbows from your sides and give yourself a little bit of air under there because that's going to expand your physical footprint in the room by just a little bit and that increases people's perception of where you are on the pecking order. Um, Oh, wow. In the room. If you just increase your posture and the amount of space that you take up, people are going to immediately think that you're higher ranking than you are. And because of the way that you command the space, the way you physically inhabit the space that you're in. And so there's a lot of those really great you know, tips and things that we can do immediately and then kind of layer two then is okay so now that we've got you looking better from the outside let's really connect that organic authentic communication so that the rest the minute body language things the the little subtle signals that you give take care of themselves because mm-hmm. we can't put too many rules into our heads because that takes us out of communication the minute we are thinking too much about oh what am i doing with my hands uh where am i standing which foot is towards the door <laughs> you know all these weird little rules that are out yes. on the internet and the more we can just get to that communication the actual communication piece then We'll be better off in the long run. So there's kind of that first layer and then, okay, let's go a little bit deeper into how is it that you exactly uh, communicate, because that's going to be who you draw to you as well. You're going to draw more people in if you increase the, uh, the types of decision makers that you're talking to, which goes back to that movement pattern analysis thing, your right. decision process, you immediately have rapport with people that think like you. That's why mm-hmm. like, hires like, and we get these, right. these teams yes. that are all skewed in one way or another, and then they mm-hmm. wonder why something fails. Well, because you didn't have somebody that filled in that gap in your Uh, your collective decision making process. Exactly. Exactly. So we have to look at that and say, okay, so who, you know, who are you leaving out of your communication? Because Mm -hmm. it could be every it could be on your website, it could be um in your sales process, it could be everywhere that you're leaving, you know, somebody out. Right. And if we really only speak to about 33% of our audience, we Mm -hmm. probably only match with about a third of the people that we meet, if we can just increase that even and include two people, we've doubled. Right. People that are, that are relating to us, and so it's really about increasing the amount of people that are really hearing and taking in our message.
0: Wow, this is so interesting, and and I'm glad, I'm glad you can't, the audience can't see me, but if they had, could see me, they would see that I am now sitting up much straighter in my seat. And actually, I do remember that was one of the tips from Allison. She said that literally you can make more money if you stand up straighter. So that definitely was speaking my love language. Uh, so, but it, it's a struggle. And I, you know, we are with because of using the phones, we have to work harder and harder to sit up straight and to stand up straight, but it's totally worth it. And I want, to, I want your opinion on, on this aspect of executive presence, because what I think is that, I mean, I agree with everything you've said, but just to maybe take it a step further, that when you feel confident in what you're saying and how you're showing up, then you're able to forget yourself and focus on making other people feel comfortable and making sure other people feel appreciated in the room. Does that resonate
1: with you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, because when it comes out and you're communicating the way that works for you, then you're not up in that head again thinking, okay, what, what is the messaging? What am I supposed to say? Uh, what did I plan to say perhaps? Uh, and that puts you all up in your head and then you're not observing what's going on in the room to make everybody feel comfortable or you're not, um, observing what is getting through and what's not what pieces you need to review or say do you, do you have any questions or it looks like some of you aren't understanding what can i do to make this clearer for you like we really need to take the blinders off mm-hmm. and observe what's happening to with the other people in the room because right. we, you know we know again our gut is going to tell us whether you have them or whether you've lost them Right. But my job as a, as a body language consultant is to help you see what it is that's happening so you know why you lost them and when you lost them. Right. You go out of the meeting and go, well, that was horrible. You know, th- we're going to be revisiting this next month because there's no way they understood what it was that I was talking about. Instead of just coming out with that, how mm-hmm. do you save it in the moment? How do you- um, Right communicate or start to communicate in a different way or, or get over yourself, as you said, to be Mm -hmm. confident in what it is that you're saying that you can ask those questions of what else do you need to know? How have I not been clear? There's a lot of times where I don't think executives necessarily want that feedback. They want to feel like they're really clear. So maybe they don't ask it.
0: Oh, and you know, maybe they don't
1: say, or leave time um for for that so much of our agendas get crammed at the end because we have mm-hmm. this big long list that our meeting is supposed to accomplish and we realize oh we're 45 minutes in and we're still on the third point on oh okay? oh you know, so then they just they just yes. ram through to the end mm-hmm. and there's people that are like wait what what are we supposed to be doing like do i have an assignment? Right. Or were we just talking about this? Like, you know, they're left with so many questions. Because they didn't get through the meeting. So there's so many ways that that you can, you know, mix up how you're even delivering your meetings. But one of the things is to really open up your eyeballs because we get so set on what it is that we need to accomplish that we forget to look at the the level of comprehension.
0: Right. And, and also I think asking, you know, this is a, a verbal thing to do, but asking questions, but is again, I think the more executive higher up the food chain, then you either, I don't know what's wrong with them, <laughs> but they just don't, they forget to ask questions. They forget to check because they're so distracted and overwhelmed. I have no idea what <laughs> It was really good, but uh <laughs> it'll yeah, come getting back. in touch. Yeah, it'll come back. All right. So Alice, I'm gonna like recap to you know in the interest of feedback and and let's see how much I've understood like of your tips and then if you have any examples or stories uh or anything else any other tips you wanna leave our audience because what I see a lot of demand for executive presence and, and I have a lot of communication and some of them are clients with executive recruiters and they tell me, Oh my gosh, that this executive presence does not come through in this person or this candidate or, or, or on the recruit recruiter side that they, because what, why, why do we care? It's not what I like to tell people because I, I hate pretentiousness. I, mean, I just am like allergic to it, and that is not what we're talking about. It is not being snobby and you know, you lifting your little pinky while you drink your tea, it's just being relaxed and confident in your own skin and being able uh, to focus on the other people. So, I, I'm gonna, these are Alice's tips stand up straight, and I would encourage people to like Stand against the wall. Maybe you have some practical, and, and when I get through this list, like exercises to improve our posture, because it's really a universal uh, problem. And I think thinking through bef- not is not time to think on your feet if you have a big meeting. You need to think through so that when you go in, you are actually noticing are, do, are people's eyes blazing over, or are they with you? Are they is it a safe space to ask questions but really like paying attention to how the people are receiving you and then if you're not the top dog especially then you want to work on taking up more space and as she as allison so eloquently put letting air under your armpits as i never heard it phrase that way but it's a great point because also that across our chest we tend to accumulate stress and so i think that's a really great it's certainly memorable uh, little exercise to let go of that stress and take up space and just kind of relax your body is that or is that those are th- like three little buckets there mm-hmm. what,
1: yeah, and it's funny that Aaron Your pits video is one of the most watched. I think just because of the title. So I left it. I've started using it because I'm like, wow. It's yeah. like right after it's right after my sexual harassment <laughs> video. Like I'm like, wow, right after those. Uh so um, but yes, I mean, I think your point to planning a little bit ahead is is really key because that preparation is what will allow you to have the confidence in what it is that you're going to say we get nervous and we lose our confidence because we start to think oh i didn't prepare i don't know what i'm going to say it's the same thing that happens when you walk into those networking rooms right that we all know and love and and uh and hate at the same time because it's we go in there and then we're like, Oh, I didn't practice my, my like 30 seconds or my 20 second or my 10 second. Like I should have practiced that. I should have run over it before I got here. Uh, and so we get nervous about what it is that we're going to say. And again, that takes us into our heads and out of relationship because then we're reading the words off of our brains or something when it's our turn to talk about our business and we feel like we blow it. And then that, you know, <laughs> makes this whole domino effect of Then the rest of, you know, the day we think is lost. And the same thing in the meeting. If you're not prepared when you go in and you feel like things are starting to go south, then it's a domino effect and we start to panic and then a lot of other things um, happen. And so when, you know, when you feel like it's starting to go, I would tell people to kind of ground themselves a little bit, whether the, whether you're sitting and you need to really feel that chair under your sits bones and you need to plant your feet and feel the floor underneath you, anything to help support you because mm-hmm. you're starting to feel internally that free fall and you need to signal back to your brain, I've got this, I am the executive, I can I can do this, I can. I can mm-hmm. bring everybody back. Uh, And so the more we can kind of ground into the floor, or as I said, chair, if you're standing, the same thing, feel the floor under your feet, take a nice deep breath. When you fix that posture, then you can breathe more. And one of the first things that happens is we stop breathing. And when we stop breathing, we stop our gestures connecting to our spine. And that spine gesture connection is the collaboration signal. That is a signal of I'm here, I'm with you, even though I'm your boss, I'm, I want to hear from you, and we ha- we're going to have a really great meeting. And the minute you stop that, you look kind of puppet-like, and then everybody realizes, uh-oh, something's different with the boss. Because when, they start, when you start moving differently than how they know you to be moving, it's red flag time. So they think, ooh, something bad is going to happen. There's going to be bad news that he doesn't want to, he or she doesn't want to share because we stopped moving. Or when you put a wall up, which is I kind of call it putting your walls up because you stopped moving and communicating, then they put their walls up because it's a defense mechanism. So we have panicked, we stopped breathing, so now we stopped moving, and now it's like you know, ten signals of. Of kind of fight or flight, you know, our our eyeballs get bigger, everything you know, kind of turns into panic mode. Everybody else senses that, and then they put, you know, they they start to mirror that, or or if there's any kind of copacetic empathetic moving going on, they stop breathing and they put their walls up because they're trying, they're getting ready, they're preparing for this bad news that's going to come from you because you have stopped moving. So um, it sort of ends up being this. Uh, Kind of domino effect as i've mentioned and so the more you can say nope we're going to breathe through this i'm going to have really great posture i'm going to breathe through it even make a joke you know mm-hmm. as uh, as a leader there's no saying that you can't acknowledge oftentimes i say just acknowledge what's happening okay because people are already feeling it so sometimes you just say wow i i lost my train of thought or geez i had I apologize everybody. I obviously I should have prepared a little bit more for this than than what's right coming out right now. I wish I was explaining this to you more eloquently, but we're going to we're going to get through this and let's have a dialogue. Let's start a discussion. Because I love that of you. And if you just say, "Hey, you know, I thought I knew this. I thought I had it in the bag and I it's just not flowing today." I so what questions do you have? And I'll answer them the best I can or I'll follow up with, uh, with an email that'll fill in the holes for you, kind of thing. If you're especially if you're getting questions that you don't have the answers to, you know, things yes. like that. So, you know, let me go back to HR, find out some some more specifics on this new policy or whatever it is that they've been tasked to share with their team, and you know, say, yeah, I really thought I understood that better. You're right, there are, some, there are some questions that I don't know the answers to. Uh, and you know, honesty goes such a long way. And then as soon as you do that, you will drop back into your authenticity and your body language will fix itself. And everything will come, come back rather than, as you say, turning on to some kind of pretentiousness that you have to have all the answers and you're not allowed to be human because you're the boss. Uh, or you have to go to some mean place Or some negative place, right, which can sometimes happen, that we become snarky or snippy or uh, judgmental of others because we start to feel judged, that they're, they're looking at us going, boy, they don't know what they're talking about. And so you start to feel judged, and then you turn it around and judge them. And ask, you know, and ask them mm. a different question that there's no way they have the answer. To <laughs> gotcha. So we're all on the same page. Yeah, you know, it's like so we get into this kind of tit for tat thing, and and that can happen in the middle of our of our meetings or um, or our talks or you know or whatever it is that we're doing. And the more that we can just breathe and and become authentic and either make a joke or just say this is what's going on uh, right now. Yeah because you lead by example and if you can do that obviously as the executive then it opens the door for other people to be more authentic with you and to really and to come into your office and have those difficult conversations of where they're unhappy perhaps or where they would like to see some changes or your your reviews when it comes to review time you know the more you have already established this collaborative conversational thing those will get better as well because everybody hates review time and oh yes right? <laughs> it's yes. one of those evils that for some reason is still very pervasive in corporations that we have we must do these reviews and set up these goals and and yes. judge whether we've met our goals or not and i so it until it goes away which probably isn't going to happen anytime soon right. how do we um make make it the best that we can
0: i love that you share what to do when you flake out (laughs) when you have a brain fart or brain freeze that's excellent and the irony is that that owning up to it is going to establish so much trust because nobody wants a perfect leader that doesn't exist and trying to pretend that you are perfect is just so off-putting so that, I really like that. What did, you know, just, to, uh, when you are lost, when you lose track, which happens to me at least once an hour once every five minutes, um, just own it. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: I That's- think there's so much to humanizing ourselves and, 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 uh, and so many things have, have tried to do that, I guess, you know, the open office com, you know, thing has tried to take down the walls and increase relationship and so many things that were that were that were outside things that we're doing are trying to create what we really could a lot more simply than if we just right we don't necessarily have to spend a million dollars redoing the office into all these open open air things or we don't have to put in a fancy kitchen or you know Right. Things we don't actually need if we just take some time to put that money into a little bit of training from you and me on how to better Amen. communicate, right? Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's
0: right, guys. We can, that's what we're here for. And exactly. I was talking, I mean, I'm sure you have the same comment, you know, companies 20, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, 30 years ago. They did training. I mean, training what like preparing your people, like training them when they got promoted. You know, now you're a supervisor; these are your supervisory skills. Now that you're a manager, here's another skill set, and and so forth. And with you know, through the all the reords, that's something that just gets left aside. And we've got people in leadership positions that are they were they were promoted because they're high performers, but they don't have the tools to be good leaders, so yes, oh, yes that's what definitely. Allison Amen. and I <laughs> are here for you, so call us, so speaking of that, Allison, how
1: can people get a hold of you? Uh, well, my website is movingimageconsulting.com, and you can always email me, um, it's very simple, Allison at com, and it's just one of everything, A-L-I-S-O-N, uh, you can follow me on the, the YouTube, and uh, I am joining uh, Matthew McConaughey and uh, Jennifer Aniston on Instagram, because everybody <laughs> tells me I need to be on Instagram, so I'm going to give it a shot. <laughs> By the time oh. this airs, I <laughs> should have some things. I'm going to try it. It's not really the conference. It's, it's, it's interesting that the conversational piece Um, that Instagram is supposed to be goes against a lot of my own perfectionism things. Oh, dear. Yeah, well, I um, take to Instagram or not, but with this whole idea of this authentic communication, I'm like, "Mm, that really rings true with the whole Instagram thing. So we're going to probably give that a shot if you look for me um, there as well. But, you know, as with um, most consultants, I always do free, um, you know, free consults just to see where you're at and if, if this would be a fit for, for your organization or not. You know, there's mm-hmm. really no um, hard sales pitch. It's just this is what I offer and if it's what you're looking for. And usually, you know, it takes things like this. I'm so grateful for the podcast to be able to evangelize about body language as an option for... Yes. For making some of these changes because we often don't think, oh, maybe part of the reason we're not communicating so well is because we're giving signals off that we don't realize are creating barriers rather than opening doors. And if we can just open more doors rather than than learn how to open the doors rather than creating barriers, so many things just instantly shift and change within the organization.
0: So true. Well, thank you so much. This has been fascinating. I have taken copious notes and I so appreciate your time. And uh thank you. And oh, thank you. Say goodbye until the next episode.
1: Perfect.